So in all of our conversations about opting out of systems lately here on the podcast, health is a really big component of that. And when we're talking about the system of health and making our own choices, there's kind of a couple sides to this. So first off, we can decide uh, kind of medicines, right? Like what medicines are we using or not using, or are we using alternative options like homeopathy or herbs or essential oils? So that's kind of one side of it. But the other side of it is creating this foundation of health in our families and in our own bodies. So we're not needing those medications as much, whether they are herbs or they are uh, more traditional Western options. And I feel like the foundational health topic is kind of the less exciting one to talk about because it's little changes and little things to pay attention to. And sometimes you don't see the massive changes right away, but that doesn't make these ideas any less crucial because what ends up happening is kind of like death by a thousand cuts where we're constantly assaulting our bodies and our immune systems with toxins and chemicals and poor sleep and junk light and lack of movement and all of this stuff. And it kind of creates this compounding effect that results in disease down the road. So a big part of that for me in my own journey of opting out of systems has been Of course, food started it, but right after that came this idea of questioning the other products in my home, like uh, cleaners or body care products or the lotions I was using or the makeup I was using. And there's a lot of things you can do that don't have to be um, complicated or expensive that can clean up all of those areas of your life. And so today I'm really excited to have Emily Toops on with me today. I have known Emily for a very long time. We've kind of been side by side in the blogging world for years and years. And she's a homestead mama, but she also has a really successful organic skincare and makeup line. And she knows her stuff. So she is an incredible person to listen to. If you're curious about how you can clean up this part of your home and opt out of this system of traditional chemical-based skincare. So Emily and I are going to talk about uh, chemicals to avoid, how to start shopping better, why beef tallow is way better for you than you think. That's like probably my favorite part of this episode and tons more. So after you get done listening to this episode, be sure you head over to toopsandco.com. They have an incredible website, and I know, kind of depending on when you're listening to this, that they're going to be having some Black Friday specials. So I just wanted to give Emily a shout out because um, her stuff is amazing, whether you're getting it for yourself or for Christmas stuff. So here we go. You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society? or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Hey, Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on, Jill. I am very excited um, for this interview. We've been trying to coordinate it for a little while. I think we chatted about it when we were both in Virginia at the Homesteaders of America conference, and then we'd had some scheduling stuff, and then here we are. So I think this is going to be a great conversation. I do too. Um, I'm excited just to continue on your topic of opting out. Yes, it's been a very, it's been a fun topic, honestly, to speak, to speak on. And then it's got a lot of people excited. So uh, I think this is going to fit very well into the theme. Uh, But before we get into all the the nitty gritty, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background on who you are? You and I have kind of known each other for quite a while. Like, how long have you been blogging? I think that it's been since like 2014. Okay. Yeah. Um, or maybe even like 2013, something like that. Uh, that's when I first started like a homestead blog. 
at that time. And um, you and just a, a handful of other bloggers kind of all start at the same time. Yep. And then I just found that blogging wasn't my niche and <laughs> kind of took Toops and Co and ran with that. Yes. Which I love that. I've, I've seen that a lot with bloggers who started in kind of that era that we were all in at that time. Um, some of them have continued on with the hardcore blogging and a lot of them like you have figured out what their calling is and gone on to do really exciting things. So I think it's a great springboard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just who are you? <laughs> like kids, family, <laughs> homestead situation, give us the scoop. All right. Um, I'm Emily Toops. I live in South Alabama. We have four children. We live on almost 10 acres. So it's like a, I call it our mini farm. And, you know, we have the star of our show is our milk cow and we've got chickens and lots of barn kitties and, you know, a bunch of kids running around too. Um, but we also do um, Toops and Co. Organics. So my husband and I, we, we run from our house and then about 20 minutes or so away is where we have our manufacturing shop. And that's where we make and manufacture and ship all of our products um, with a handful of employees there. And yeah, that's who I am. And um, I'm really excited to be on the podcast today and just kind of tell you more about opting out of just the traditional uh, beauty care system that we have set up, you know, and it's just full of all kinds of things that we don't want in our life, like chemicals and toxins and things that we've already opted out with our food. And yeah, I am excited to just teach about um, getting those chemicals out of our life and how we do that, what it looks like on ingredient list and what are some other options. I love that. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I've had a lot of different skincare, beauty care companies approach me over the years, big and small. And it's, it's pretty hard to get my attention around that topic because I'm not a super girly girl. Like I do wear makeup when I go out in public, but other than that, I'm not a connoisseur of it. And I kind of try to, I do have clean products, but I just don't put a lot of thought and energy into it. I have other things that I prefer to think about. So normally when people are like, can I talk about beauty products? I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I was really actually genuinely excited to have you on is because number one, you're a mom and you're already the kind of crunchy, you have the crunchy blogger background, which I identify with and you're the homesteader. So I know you're not into like the super fancy frou-frou, like kind of out of my league skincare. It's just, it's just really down to earth, good stuff. So I mean, I really think that skincare needs to be simple. You know, um, companies overcomplicate it, obviously, because they want to sell more systems, kits, you know, steps, whatever you want to call them. Um, but really, it boils down to just nourishing ingredients and, you know, a few things that we can do to take care of our skin. And learning all of the ingredients that are in other products that are on the shelf and how to read them and how to make decisions for ourselves so that when we're in the store or we need to be looking at a certain brand, um, we're not ignorant of what those ingredients are. You know, we just need to have a little bit information or a little bit knowledge about what they are because some things that may seem good on the front of a bottle or even on the back in the description um, might not actually be what we think they are. And that's just another clever way that, you know, big companies are, for lack of a better word, you know, fooling us into believing that things are natural or are really good for us. So what prompted you to start looking into this more? You know, what, what caused you to actually start caring about what was in the skincare? I know for me, kind of the food came first. I had to figure that out. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to think about what I'm putting on my skin. Was that similar for you or did the skincare come first? No, for us, definitely food came first. Um, we we kind of started our homesteading journey when our daughter was an infant. Our first child had really bad eczema and like we were pretty standard American diet. Um, we, we knew a few things, but just when I think back on what we thought was healthy versus what I think now is healthy, it's like worlds, uh, you know, worlds different. And, um, but we weren't satisfied with, what we were, you know, the answers that we were given, um, petroleum products and steroids for her eczema. And so that's what really brought us down this journey of learning about food and homesteading and, you know, skincare as well. And so we got started just, well, I think we watched a documentary actually. And my husband and I got a black garbage bag out and we threw away all the food in our house. 
And it sounds really extreme, but, you know, sometimes people make changes because, um, you know, they learn something and, and they want to do better. And sometimes you have a pain point that really makes you make a dramatic change. And that was, you know, that was a dramatic change for us. We threw away everything we had, decided to look for small farms. Um, and we were like, okay, we, we lived in a subdivision. We had a, an inch of a backyard and we bought one acre in a house. And we just thought that was so much that we were so excited. We got some chickens. We started gardening and um, learning about all the things that, that we put on her skin and her eczema. So we started with diet. And then secondly, we were like, okay, now what are we putting on her skin? So I'm reading the back of all these things and these steroids and these petroleum creams. And I was like, no, no. Um, and, and I just did a lot of research and came across tallow. And as you know, tallow is high in fat soluble vitamins and excellent for the skin. And so we, we, I literally called up a local farm and said, hey, can I buy some tallow? And they were like, what is that? And I was like, you know, be fat. And she's like, you know, we actually don't get it back from our butcher, but let me call them and I'll let you know. And so she called me back and she's like, yes, I got a five pound pack. Um, we met on the side of the road. I felt like it was just this black market deal. She like met me one day on the side of the road and like gave me this, this fat. And I came home and I was literally so excited. It was just the beginning of a long journey for us. And I was just thrilled to get back. And I was like, okay, now I've got to render it. So I'm like cutting it up and rendering this tallow. And it was so amazing, dramatic difference in just the inflammation and things on her skin. And I was sold at that point. So, you know, you know how it is when you're starting to learn about something new and, and natural and you share it with everyone, you know, and they're just like, what, what is that? Did you say beef fat? Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, uh, beef, it's beef fat. Um, and at, you know, we started making some creams and sharing it with people. And, and that was just the beginning of how we got started and has, you know, opened up so many doors and, and knowledge for us from food to skincare and then on to makeup. I love that. And so a couple of questions that I'm thinking about as you're talking. So first off, did eczema go away with a combination of the diet and the tallow, or was it like one or the other that you felt was a bigger factor? I believe it's diet first and you know external things second and so the tallow is very anti-inflammatory so what the diet is cleaning up in the gut the tallow is taking the inflammation the itching and things out from the outside okay and that's you know when you and i are some you know people like you and i are talking to throw around the idea of smearing beef fat on your skin we're like yeah it's normal but like i'm guessing there are people listening who are kind of like did she say did she say what i think she said so Let's yeah. break down towel a little bit because I, I do have like tutorials on my blog for rendering it. And I've talked about it in the past, but for someone who's, who's new to this idea of tallow skincare, I know you mentioned it's high in fat soluble vitamins. What are the other reasons that it is more than just like moisturizing, like the typical lotion and it has that, those kind of further benefits. Can you kind of break that down for us? So tallow is uh, uniquely compatible with our cells. It's the structure of tallow is about 80% bioidentical to our own skin's sebum. Um, no plant oil can ever tout those, um, those facts. And so because our cell membrane is also made up of saturated fats, our body just soaks in those saturated fats and those vitamins A, D, E, and K um, really play an important role like in our skin tone and texture. And because vitamin E, for example, is a powerful antioxidant, it's just repairing and uh, reversing like free radical damage, as well as like deeply hydrating our skin um, in a way that you just can't understand unless you've tried tallow or other, um, you know, animal fats. And I, I like to tell people that it's ancestral skincare. There were no plant oils. Um, there was no way to extract them, maybe besides like olive oil. Uh, you know, there were uh, no other plant oils. In, that our ancestors were able to use. So tallow and lard um, in some other countries like emu oil, those fat soluble, fat, you know, those fat soluble vitamins in those fats were all they use on their skin. Um, and we've, you know, unfortunately come away from that, but, you know, opting out of the systems, I want to get back to what our ancestors did and ancestral skincare is healthier and just so impactful for our skin because we know we are animals as well. Yes. And so 
um, I just love how simple it is. And I feel like that's kind of been a theme that I've really been made aware of as I've been diving into more of this idea of opting out of systems this past few months is when we do go backwards, things just get simpler, right? So it, tallow is the natural option. It's a byproduct of, if you, I mean, if you're a meat eater, it's a, it's a byproduct of harvesting the meat. And so I know for us as ranchers who are, you know, we're now selling beef, tallow was one of those things I hate, you know, the idea of just throwing it away. And so to be able to find creative ways to use it, that's not only just a nice way to use it up, but also really beneficial for our bodies and actually maybe what our body is needing and craving. It just, it just so cool to me how the, the loop is closed once we start to pay attention to those details. Yes. I mean, in our family, we eat very nose to tail. If we're going to provide our own food and raise it or know exactly where it came from, then, you know, we want to honor the animal and use it in every part. And that's, I think tallow comes into play there. And then skincare is just another way to use it. That's really interesting. Or maybe a lot of people haven't thought of before. Um, but also, you know, provides big benefits for us where maybe we wouldn't have known before. Definitely. What would you say to someone who's uh, concerned that it's going to smell or their, them, their face will smell beefy or strained if they're using tallow? That's a very valid concern. Um, I have tried lots of other tallows in my life um, and it all comes down to the way it's rendered. If they're grain or grass fed and you know, even just the fat soluble vitamins, conjugated linoleic acid, which is very anti-inflammatory, those things you're going to see like triple and 10 times in grass-fed beef. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I tell people don't go to, you know, the butcher in your local grocery store that's maybe buying feedlot beef because that tallow, um, you know, toxins are stored in our fat. And so if we're buying tallow, that we want to render ourselves, but it's coming from feedlot beef that are fed, you know, um, GMOs and are, you know, sprayed with um, Roundup and different things like that. That's going to be stored in the fat of that animal. And that's not what we're looking for. You're looking for a hundred percent grass-fed beef. Um, now, as far as the way it smells, it's just all dependent on the way you render it. There's tons of ways out there and so many articles on how to render beef fat, but low and slow um, makes an amazing, very, very lightly scented tallow. I would agree to that. I have done the opposite of low and slow in both rendering lard and tallow, and the results were not ideal. I mean, <laughs> usable, yes. <laughs> Mirror on your face worthy, no. So amen yeah. to the, the low and slow. And also for those of you um, interested in, I just have to throw in this plug here, 100% grass-fed tallow, we will be offering that on our beef website here shortly. We're working on that with our next, next batch. So um, you can actually, it's on tallow, you can buy the fat and then you can render the tallow yourself. So we'll have instructions yeah. for that. But anyway, if you need a source, we are happy to be that source for folks. Yes, yes. Okay, so, you know, if we're moving away from just the traditional way of caring for our skin, you know, I'm sure people are gonna start being suspicious of the ingredients in their cabinets and what, what those uh, additives are. What would you say are the biggest offenders when it comes to ingredients that you really, really want to steer clear from? So when I'm looking on the back of any kind of um, personal care products, parabens, phthalates, propylene glycol, fragrance, those are some top offenders, aluminum. Um, I'm sure you know, Jill, but the word fragrance seems very um it's benign, uh, but it can be a combination of any, I believe it's almost 10,000 plus stock chemicals now, um, including hormone, hormone disruptors and allergens. And so fragrance formulas are protected under federal law as a trade secret. So in other words, they can throw anything that they want in there, put fragrance on. And a lot of that is, you know, disrupting our hormones and interrupting, um, just our, our body's regular functions, causing allergies. And uh, it's also fragrance is the top contaminant in, um, in the home. And so I tell people to just educate yourself on ingredients. Um, two websites that I really like are either ewg.org or the Think Dirty app. If you're looking at ingredients on a bottle and you're like, you know, this ingredient sounds kind of scary, but I'm not sure if it is or not. You can just plug that ingredient into one of those websites 
and it'll kind of give you a rundown on what that ingredient is, how it's manufactured, and what its purpose is. And so that just really helps people make decisions on um, the products that they buy. Another red flag is companies that don't disclose their full ingredient list. So a lot of times you'll see, you know, all natural made with coconut oil or shea butter or something that sounds really awesome and natural. And then you look on the back and there's either no ingredients or if you're looking on their website, um, you can't find a full ingredient list, just maybe some highlighted ingredients. I would say that's definitely a red flag. Stay away. Uh, Companies that are using great natural nourishing ingredients are not hiding their full ingredient list. And they can get away with that? Like, is there not regulatory agencies that force them to list all that out? Or do there, are there loopholes? There are definite, definite loopholes. Usually all their ingredients are listed on a page on their website that maybe isn't easily accessible. Or, um, you know, they're hiding these uh, ingredients under things like fragrance or other, other things like that. Um, I do like to talk about FDA in beauty care products because a lot of people are very pro FDA regulation on beauty care and in all personal care products. And the problem with that is small companies like myself and many other really amazing companies that are using nourishing ingredients um, will not be able to abide by the kind of regulatory, you know, things that they put on us. And it's not as simple as just reporting all of your ingredients to them and them saying yes. Um, as they ban certain ingredients or put all of this regulation on small businesses, what, what's going to happen is the amount of companies that you have to choose from when you're picking, in, uh, you know, any kind of personal care product or even um, cleaning products is going to be less and less because these small companies will not be able to compete with the money of these larger companies. And that means, you know, companies like myself and other people will either go out of business. And then the only things on the market left for you to buy will be from, you know, these larger companies that have plenty of money, but are putting junk in their products. And so although FDA regulation sounds like a great thing, yes, we need to have more regulation in these products because they're putting whatever. Um, that's not the solution. The solution is picking up the bottle of whatever you want, looking the, up the ingredients on the back and making sure what you bring into your home is safe for you and your family. Yeah. So being educated consumers, which is always a good thing. So it kind of reminds me of what I often tell people when they're shopping for groceries, you know, certified organic is okay, but don't get hung up on like certified organic produce or whatever, because there are often local small farmers who are beyond organic in their standards and have amazing products, but they just can't afford to jump through all of the FDA loopholes. So you're kind of saying that your, your experience with the skincare world is, is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by us. We are so excited to be kicking off the launch of our brand new beef business, Genuine Beef Company. And we're now able to ship our Wyoming raised beef nationwide. This is beef that we have raised ourselves. It doesn't come from overseas like a lot of the grass-fed beef you see on the market. It's grass-fed and grass-finished, dry-aged to perfection, and processed in a USDA facility where it is vacuum-sealed for maximum freshness. We now have ground beef, roast steaks, and all sorts of different bundles available. All you have to do is go online, order, and we'll ship it straight to your doorstep. Head on over to GenuineBeefCo.com to see what we have to offer or follow us over on Instagram, GenuineBeefCo, for recipes, tips on cooking grass-fed beef, the latest flash sales, and a view of what it's like to ranch out on the wide open Wyoming prairie. Plus, if you use code PODCAST, you'll save 10% on your order. And now back to our episode. You mentioned phthalates and parabens. Uh, you also mentioned that these can cause the hormone disruption. What other health effects might people be experiencing from these that maybe they don't even realize are caused by their skincare? Um, some of the things that it can cause just externally are um, autoimmune dis disorders, tiredness, fatigue, brain fog, um, poor sleep. There's so many things that are, you know, affected by the things that we put on our body, just like the things that we put in our body. 
And especially when people are really revamping their food, I like to tell them that our skin is even a bigger organ than our stomach. And the things that we put on our skin affect us just as much as the things that we put in our body. And a really helpful illustration for that is like transdermal patches because people say, oh, you know, does it really get into our bloodstream? And I'm like, you can take medication through a transdermal patch. If you think that the lotions and things that you're rubbing on your skin aren't affecting you internally, um, that's just a really great illustration to show how, you know, how things get into your bloodstream very quickly. Absolutely. That's a great example. Because I have been one of those people, not now, but in the past of like, it, it can't be that big of a deal. Like, come on. But that, that's a great uh, comparison there for sure. So you mentioned earlier, you know, and that idea of sometimes like if you go to the skincare counter at a fancy department store, I don't know if anyone even does that anymore, but I did it a long time ago once. Like they have these very elaborate routines and it's a little bit overwhelming and also very expensive. And I've wondered in the past, like, is that really what it takes to have healthy skin or moisturized skin or, or anti-aging or whatever? Can you kind of give us a rundown of your skincare routine, routine or maybe a routine that you recommend that with products that are simple and healthy and hopefully not complicated? Yeah. So for young skin, acne prone skin, I always recommend our tallow-based activate charcoal soap. It's gentle. It doesn't strip the oils away and it's really great for those skin types. And then once you get a little older, um, I'm moving into my mid thirties now. And I've, I use the activated charcoal bar maybe once or twice a week. Like if I think that I'm having some buildup or I don't know, a little bit of acne, but my main routine is just oil cleansing. And, you know, I had always been afraid of oils because I already had oily skin or I thought that it would make my skin more oily than it already was. Um, but it actually doesn't it actually balances out and nourishes the skin um, to where you don't have to overproduce oil to compensate from whatever we were stripping away uh, with these cleansers. And so most cleansers out on the market are stripping away all the oil and then they want you to add it back with plant oils. And oil cleansing is just so simple. Um, jojoba oil and uh, tallow that's kind of diluted with olive oil or something like that. A really simple oil cleansing and the oil cleansing method is just you're, you know, putting the oil on your skin and taking a hot towel and then just wiping it off. And that oil, because you already have oil on your face, is getting into your pores, mixing with that oil and just pulling everything out without, without stripping it off. Um, and then I always recommend following with the toner, something really simple. It balances the pH of the skin and gets just, you know, the last bit of dirt or residue from that oil off and then moisturizing, um, which of course I recommend tallow and we have a glow serum as well. Both of those will, they're for different skincare are different for, for different skin types. Um, but it's really simple oil cleansing, a toner moisturize. And I really think that once or twice a day is all you need honestly in the morning I just use a hot towel to make anyone any money but a hot warm towel um you know with hot water and just really very gently cleansing the face and a, a really light moisturizer is really all you need and it's simple it's easy there's no uh, there's not a bunch of steps one of the top questions I get when people are buying the towel bombs is can I use this around the eye area and I think that's because we have been conditioned to believe that we need a special eye cream mm -hmm. and it's so gentle that it could be used on the whole face. And it's also so nourishing that it's great for the entire face. And so that makes me think on these other, you know, moisturizers and things, what is in them? <laughs> that's so harsh that I can't use them on my under eye area, which is more delicate skin. Um, so that's just something fun to think about there, but yes, can uh, moisturize the whole face with the same thing when it's really simple and very nourishing. I really like that. I really like, yeah, the ease of that. Um, and I, I think just from the beauty care, beauty care industries, I've almost been half afraid to be like, like it's hand lotion. I can't put it on my face or it's face lotion. I can't put it on, on my eyes. Like you said, it's just yes. like really complicated, great marketing tactic yeah. for sure. If you need for sure products, three different products, but um, it makes sense if we're going natural and simple that why not use it all over? Um, cause your body's, it's really adapt well adapted to what your skin needs anyway. So, um, I love it. So after you oil cleanse, you wipe it off with a towel. Do you, do you wash it with water after that? Or is that 
good enough. So it's a, it's a hot, wet towel, uh, like oh, okay. hot water. Okay. And I like to take the towel, put it on my face and just kind of steam it for a second and then kind of wipe all that. And once you warm that oil off, it gets nice and soft and it comes off right away. Okay. I like it. I've done oil cleansing a few times. Um, but I always, yeah, I read a whole bunch of blog posts and then I was like, am I doing it right? So to be able to talk yeah. to someone. It doesn't have to be complicated, super simple. I always recommend the toner afterwards just because it balances the skin's pH. And if there's any like residual oil left, it kind of pulls that off and then you moisturize and you're done. And I literally get so many emails and they're like, is that it? I can't be it. And I was like, that's all the steps. There's nothing else. I can't even think of anything else I would want to add in there, but cleanse, balance the pH and moisturize. And that's it. I like it. What other things do you take into account? I mean, I know you're really careful with your diet and keeping it clean there and your skincare. What are your other pieces of a non-toxic life and, and for yourself and your family? So for me, um, sleep is very important. And, you know, I really prioritize sleep. Maybe I didn't in the past, especially when we were first starting Tubes & Co. We had small infants. I understand that sleep can be really difficult when you're in that stage of life. Um, but I've come a really long way from that. And instead of popping my laptop open after the kids are in bed and trying to get some work done, I, I just keep it closed and I go to sleep. Um, I try to minimize the amount of blue light in our bedroom. So we have moved our cell phones out of our room and you know out of our bathroom to charge somewhere else, keeping our laptop out of the bedroom and just really prioritizing a clean, a clean sleep space. Um, and that just in itself is so helpful. I know, you know, especially when I was first starting the business, it was busy. I was trying to juggle all the things myself and I never prioritized sleep. And I would have, you know, issues like dry skin. And I was like, I'm eating well and I'm doing all the things. And I think sleep plays a huge part in that. Another big one is stress. And it took me a really long time to understand even what the stressors were in my life. And you live, you know, under this constant go, go, go mentality that really in America is touted as, as normal. And we had to learn how to say no as a family. I have four children. There's lots of things that they would like to do. Uh, we homeschool them. And so balancing eating well and homeschooling and a business and a homestead seems like a lot. And so a lot of questions that we'll get is like, how do you do it all? Emily, you must do, you know, you do all the things. And honestly, because we prioritize the most important things in our life and only do those things, um, that gives us time for all of those things. So, uh, the kids are waking up, they do farm chores before anybody eats, you know, in our house, animals eat first, we eat second. I'm sure it's the same in your house. And that just brings down the stress level so much to not feel obligated to say yes to things in our life. So we pick a very intentional, um, you know, a, a hob, you know, hobbies or things in our life that we feel are really important and we do that and that's it. So no is a really big word in our family, uh, just because it's so important to prioritize your family and your family's health over anything else. Um, that sleep, eating well, and making sure we get a lot of outside time. Um, I know that's difficult in some Northern states, like where you live, it's so snowy in the winter spot. I really can't speak to, to that. I have no idea. It doesn't snow here at all. And, um, but getting outside, no matter what it is, rain, um, cold, hot, you know, our kids might complain in the summer. It gets very, very hot and very humid here. But I think that we can adapt to being outside in all things. So we love to do nature group and we are kind of our motto is that it doesn't matter what the weather is because no matter what it is outside, we'll just adapt as long as it's not thundering. And so if it's raining, then we put boots in a jacket and we get to spend time outside. And that's also a great stress relief and, you know, plays into that non-toxic lifestyle whenever you're hitting all the facets. And I also want to put this in there that we are not perfect. Um, I'm not a food Nazi. I'm not a skincare Nazi. All the things, you know, we do the best that we can. And then not stressing about the rest is really important to me because then I, I used to stress about, oh my gosh, I can't eat that. Or, you know, we're here and I, I hate to refuse this person's food or whatever. And now 
because it's, it's so minimal. And I don't think that it affects their, you know, their entire life. I let them make those decisions, which is really interesting to see them grow up. And you say, you know, I'll, I'll let them make a decision, whether it's on food or, you know, something like that. And then they come back the next day and say, you know, that really didn't make me feel good or I didn't enjoy it. And maybe next time I'm going to say no. Uh, I think that's really interesting because I grew up in the complete opposite and I had to learn on my own that I can say no. And I think it's important to teach them from their young, you know, as young children that they can say no to things and let them try them and decide for themselves that, hey, it's not just mom saying that this is the right way. Um, but once they've experienced it for themselves, they can make their own decisions. I, I think that's really important too in the, the non-toxic lifestyle, just to not be so... Uh, hundred percent on everything, but just kind of let some things go and do your best and don't worry about the rest. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And that's one of the reasons I just, I've always felt like I've connected with you. Cause I feel like you're really balanced with that. Um, we also are kind of 80, 20 rule. We do pretty good at home. If we go out and there's candy sometimes, or there's less than ideal food, you know, like you said, give the kids a choice. Um, for me, it's always been important that I, I mean, I hope they will continue on with, with good choices with food and diet and exercise when they get older and not just be resentful that, you know, mom made me do it. So as soon as I leave this house, I'm going to go full on junk food. Like, I hope that right. they have enough autonomy that they're able to make those choices as they get older. I mean, time will tell, but I, I like your perspective on that a lot. And I also very much agree with the outdoor time, even, even in the Northern climates, it's like, Sometimes you just got to get outside. Like yesterday I was stressed. I was not having a good day. And I told the kids, I'm like, get your shoes on. It's cold. Get your hoods and your boots. We're going for a walk. Mama needs to get outside. But it, yeah, it's those little things. I think paying attention to those details and sleep and stress. Um, it's, it goes a lot farther than a lot of people realize. I know my old self didn't put as much stock in those things as I should have, but I do now. It, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Me neither. I just, when I look back on the times that I was very stressed, it was either trying to be too perfect with this lifestyle or learning so many new things. And it can be so overwhelming and then getting stressed that there's no way that I can do all this. And um, something that I really like to hit home and, you know, whenever I'm talking to people about changing life or, you know, any kind of lifestyle changes is that just pick one thing and decide that that's the one thing that you're going to do. And once you make that one change and it becomes a habit and a routine and part of your life, then make another change. And learning about all the changes at one time is it's just not sustainable. I, I went to a conference this weekend and learned a bunch of new things. I'm really excited about all of them, but I couldn't just come home and just go through the house and rip out my Wi-Fi and, and do all these things. Um, I might want to, uh, but not stressing about that getting the knowledge about it and then deciding to make one step at a time. You know, beauty care products. What's the most important thing that you uh, would recommend me switch out? And I always say deodorant. Deodorant is number one. You use it every single day. Um, the deodorants in the market are so chemical ridden and full of aluminum and, and other things. And we're, we're putting them in a very sensitive place right next to our um, lymph nodes. And it goes directly into our bloodstream. And it's something that we're using on a daily basis, sometimes more than once a day. So if you're out there and you want to make one change, but you feel overwhelmed with all the options and you know you're using a deodorant that's not clean, pick a new deodorant, make that change and, and, and you change in your whole family. And I think that it can make a very impactful difference um, with just one product. That's a great bit of advice. So I do have one question around that. I have tried a lot of natural deodorants and I have not had good results with them. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know people, sometimes people say it's a detoxing. I'm pretty sure I've done the detoxing and like yeah. I have natural deodorants that I use just when I'm here at Homestead. But if I'm like going in public, I have other deodorants I use, which I don't love, but it's like, you know, survival. So what's your best advice? No, I that? totally get that. I totally get it. So um, I always tell people to do a pit detox and it doesn't just really mean detox like your body. You could be eating really clean and feel like, you know, you're not really full of toxins. 
but even natural deodorants will sometimes clog those pores in your underarms and a pit detox will like draw that out. So a lot of people find that they will use a natural deodorant for a few months or something like that. And it works great. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. And doing a pit detox is really awesome. So if you And I I was saying this a lot at Homesteaders. That was like one of the top questions that I got in the booth. I told people to describe whatever clay you have, Redmond clay, um, French green clay, cannelin clay, whatever you have. You know, if you're embracing somewhat of a crunchy lifestyle, you might just have some powdered clay in some form. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sitting on the uh, shelf and just mix it with water, put it on your pits and let it dry. And then, you know, wash that off with some soap. And just it's it's pulling out a lot of the oils or things that can clog your pores and helping unclog your pores. And I tell people do it a couple of times if the first time didn't work. So sometimes, and especially when your 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 hormones are crazy, like if you're nursing or you're pregnant. Um, after I had my fourth child, I was like, why is my deodorant not working? And that's when I really went on a uh, on a quest to find out how can I get this natural deodorant to work. And I find that um, like some activated charcoal, maybe mixed with some bentonite clay works best for me, but everyone can just kind of make, um, just try some different clays and see what works for you. I'm like, whatever you have on the shelf. And if you don't have any, you can likely either get it um, at a local health food store or something like that. They'll have certainly some sort of clay to do a pit detox and it works very well. Really great tip for it either transitioning to natural deodorants or you're regularly using one and you find it ain't really working so great anymore. That is a great tip. I'm going to try that because I have clay and I have not, I mean, I've done detoxes where they're like, well, you have to stop using the toxic deodorant for, I don't know, X number of weeks. And then it clears out and I've done that. And I'm like, this didn't change. So I, but that's a point I hadn't considered that even the good stuff or, or the cleaner deodorants because they'll be kind of clogging things up. So smart, very smart things you learn on the podcast. (laughs) Okay. So now we've covered deodorant. I wanted to switch gears just a little bit and talk about the business side of this, because I find this to be really, really impressive. Um, I mean, like you said at the beginning, you had a blog, it wasn't your thing. So you started this skincare makeup company which a lot of people have that aspiration, but not a lot of people make that work. So can you kind of just walk us through how that came to be and how you, I, I mean, if I'm correct, it's your family's kind of bread and butter it now, is, isn't it, it? It's our main source of income, um, which has been a goal of ours for a very long time. And honestly, when we first started, it wasn't the goal. And so I'll, you know, when people ask me how we got started, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Like it, this is the Lord. He put this on my heart and it just worked. I think, um, learning a lot of, I've learned so much about business, growing this business, you know, managing employees, hiring, firing. Um, there's just so many, you know, taxes and money and bank accounts and all these things. It has been, um, very interesting, something that I've done is really just educate myself really well. So I I listened to a lot of entrepreneurship uh, podcasts. I joined a mastermind and really just learned from people that know more than I do. Um, I think you, I think you have a mastermind program actually. No. Yeah. I've I've done one on and off. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And, you know, just learning from people that know more than you. And so specifically to me is in the product-based business and there's, Lots of people out there that have grown product-based businesses and just know a lot about, you know, how to scale. And a lot of their information really didn't apply to us because in order to scale, they want us to use cheaper ingredients or move to our manufacturing facility that would make it for us and and do this 3PL shipping and all these things. And I was just very um, intent on keeping this in-house and trying to grow at the same time. And honestly having products that work, using real ingredients and being transparent, having great customer service. So respond to your customers and they ask you questions and be very intentional about education. So education is really important to us at Tubes Co. If someone is switching from another product and they have a question, um, you know, we take it very seriously. And I want to answer that question with a lot of education that 
doesn't tell them to buy our product. It tells them why buying, you know, a certain product would be the right decision for them or not. And let them, you know, let the decision be up to them on if they think that this is something that they, um, is something that they want or that, you know, is good for their body. And I think the education played a huge part in our growth is because people would follow us and they'd be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or I didn't know those facts about tallow or about activated charcoal or about seed oils. You know, we try to be as PUFA free as possible in our skincare and uh, people ask questions about that and just providing good, solid information has been key in growing our business because once people know better, they do better. And um, not making profit the most important thing, but making quality the most important thing. I think people's people are shifting away from this consumer lifestyle to really investing in things that are quality or, you know, handmade by family and not subcorporation. And as this mindset of the nation is starting to shift, and sometimes I might doubt that the mindset is shifting until, you know, I get around a lot of like-minded people and you see brand new moms with, you know, infants or just all these people who are brand new to non-toxic lifestyle and they're asking all the right questions. And so I want to be able to provide them with the information and the knowledge for those questions that they're asking. And so um, we've kind of set ourselves apart from some other companies by just continuing to use quality ingredients and continuing to give good education. Well said. Um, and I agree. I think the, the market is shifting, which is very exciting. It's far more normal yeah, than it was 10 years ago to be buying crunchy skincare or small produced food. Or, I mean, it's just, it's definitely, uh, the consumers are awakening, which is fantastic. I'm, ex I'm very excited to be a part of this market shift. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It is, um, it's like thrilling to watch people make changes and just the reviews themselves and someone comes back, whether it's they're buying your beef or they're you know, bought a tallow bomb and they come back and they're like, thank you so much. We've been searching for this product for a three-year-old and, you know, he has eczema or whatever their, you know, um, review is to read that. So many times I've read these reviews and just like with tears in my eyes and I'm like, okay, I am doing the right thing. I'm in the right place. And, you know, business can get really hard. The logistics of business can get really hard. And as you know, um, as an entrepreneur, one day it's like, it's so amazing. And the next day you're like, what are we doing? Why did we decide to do this? My husband and I would look at each other and like, did, did we make a mistake? Um, and then the next day we're like, nope. Okay. We're back on track. Like this is all working out. Um, which is just the, the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur, but honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. Um, I love being able to be with our kids. You know, we homeschool and we work from home, which can be a challenge. Um, but when you take a step back and just look at the whole picture, I, I absolutely love every part of it. Yes. And I, I feel like maybe you've heard some of my husband and I's conversations over the last week of, <laughs> yay, big, big excitement. Oh my gosh, we're failing on every part of our life. Oh yay, we're doing fine. So yeah. Um, it's part <laughs> right. of the yeah. Um, how long was it from when you started Tubes and Co to where it started to be producing enough you know, to be like legitimate business, your family's full-time focus. Um, what was that timeline like? Cause I know a lot of people are, especially now with the way the world is and all the shifts in employment and interesting situations we find ourselves in, people are looking at entrepreneurship and starting their businesses as a way to have more personal freedom. And I know there's that question of how long, how fast can I do this? So what was your experience? So it honestly, it took about five years for me. And I think that we could have grown faster, um, but I had two children two more kids in that five years. My husband worked a full-time job. And when I say full-time, I'm talking like 80 hours a week. He was off of the farm, gone. And, you know, it was just me and the kids and we were homeschooling. And so if we were more intentional, maybe if he was home more, we could have grown it quick, more quickly. But I think it grew for us in the perfect amount of time that we could handle it. Um, I actually only hired my first employee. It'll be three years in January, three years ago. And so that wasn't, that was when I got serious. I was like, okay, I need help. I want someone to help me full time. And once you make the decision to hire someone, then you're like, okay, now I have to show up. I have to do this every day. Cause yeah. now I have to pay. <laughs> and my husband was still working full time at that point. Um, 
And he honestly came home full time just like this year, the beginning of this year. And so we've been doing it this year together. And it's also been a roller coaster having him come home and learning how to work together. It's not Emily's business anymore, it's Emily and Trent's business. And just learning all of that and being um, willing to be open minded about it and to grow together and to learn all, you know, more things has. Uh, has really been an amazing learning experience because he has strengths that I don't. And then I have strengths that he don't. And it's just being with your partner and learning what their strengths are and what yours are not and being okay that, you know what, that's not my strength. You take it, run with that. And once we really honed in on that, figured that out, um, that is when we started to see great growth when we decided, you know, we're going to work together, but we're not going to butt heads anymore. We're going to, you do this. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. (laughs) And I'm going to do this and you're not going to tell me how to do it. And then we just came together. And so every afternoon, I I say every four days a week, max in the afternoon, we kind of have like a little 15 minute run over sesh of like, what's going on, what we need, what do we need to work on and what's happening next week. And that has been really great to keep us on track because I feel like when there's so many things to do, do you ever get to where you're like, we're both sitting there looking at each other. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, and I know we both have a to-do list. That's like 200 you know, pages long. Yes, yes. And you have so much to do that you're doing nothing. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> wasting our time. Um, so having that little 15 minute powwow at the end of the day helps set us up for the next day to know what we should, you know, what I need to be working on and what's most important. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting ride and one that I'm really thankful to be on. And entrepreneurship, I, I never want to discourage anyone from it. I encourage everyone to be an entrepreneur. Um, I have five sisters. They're all younger than me. I'm the oldest. So I'm like encouraging them all to start their own business and trying to do like mini masterminds with them. Like, hey, what what is it that you love? Uh, let's make a business out of it. Let's let you uh, make a living doing that. And it's just been really fun to um, kind of help guide and train other people as they come up and be entrepreneurs themselves. Yes, I love it. So, so inspiring. Um, Where can people find you? You made the makeup, what you're doing online, kind of give us the rundown. So our website is toopsandco.com and that's T-O-U-P-S, kind of like soup with a T is what I tell people. So toopsandco.com. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram um, at Toops and Co Organics. Wonderful. So everyone definitely go check out uh, Emily and her family's offerings. Their website's beautiful. The products are really good uh, and really good Christmas gift and hint uh, for the oh, yes. crunchy people or maybe the not so crunchy people in your life. Give them some towel bombs. Open up their world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Um, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fabulous. Uh, I just enjoy getting to chat with you and hearing all the amazing things you have going on and your wealth of knowledge. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Jill. I've enjoyed it so much. It's been a pleasure. 